welcome to We the People. Today we're talking about an unpalatable truth. Over the last few weeks, there have been many attempts to regulate food patterns of Indians. Roadside stalls in Ahmedabad cannot sell non-vegetarian food from now on. Two other major cities of Gujarat, Vadodara and Rajkot, have instructed vendors to cover non-vegetarian items. Uh, meat shops in Gurugram have uh, been are not allowed to open on certain days. In other BJP rule states like Uttar Pradesh during the recent Janmashtami celebrations, the Chief Minister Adityanath announced that his government would ban the sale of meat and liquor in Mathura city. He, in fact, said that meat sellers and liquor dealers in the area could switch to selling milk. Now, all of this continuing despite multiple reports that point out that over 70% of Indians consume items like fish, meat or eggs. So tonight we're asking... What is the taste of India? Is our right to food of our choice under attack? What are the myths about vegetarianism in India? And what are the most common myths and stereotypes about what Indians eat state-wise? First, I want to go across to a panel that has their finger on the pulse of what gets India's taste buds going. We want to know from them their fascinating insights about ingredients, nomenclature, adaptation from their travels and experiences with regional foods all over India. Vicky Ratnani, Anindya Sundar Basu, Pallab De, and Sabya Sachi Rai Chaudhary, thank you for joining us on We the People. Vicky Ratnani, Chef Vicky Ratnani is a gourmand, a celebrity chef, a TV personality. You have your pulse on the taste of India. And you recently launched a gourmet burger brand. You have plans now to take your company national. You want to have a company-owned central kitchen in every city and a franchise in at least 10 outlets in each Indian city, uh, you say. Mr. Rani, you believe that's possible? You, I mean, you think that if anything unites India, it's a good, juicy burger? Or are you on dangerous ground here? Well, I don't think I'm on a dangerous ground. If you go to see, uh, you have already such big international burger chains which have become uh, mainstream now. So I think the burger is the vada power of the future. So and I think it's 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 very well accepted. In fact, in India, you have the only McDonald's which is vegetarian, which is in in Amritsar, outside the Golden Temple, and uh, an alu tikki burger and uh, and a chicken makri burger doesn't exist anywhere. So I think uh, we can really get what we want because uh, uh, we are a big nation and we are very demanding. And your research has shown that from across India, uh, people are open to the idea, the idea of, uh, like like I said, a juicy burger. I think people are open to really good food now. I mean, you know, people are also conscious about hygiene factors and also a, a health point of view as well. So I think uh, definitely uh, I, see, I see this a way forward and I, I, I'm banking on this. All right. Pallab De is the Hyderabad food guy. Uh, you're a techie. You arrived in Hyderabad and then, uh, as you say uh, on your Instagram, that you fell in love with the city because of its vibrant and rich culinary legacy. Mr. De, you know, one can't think of Hyderabad without thinking about the famed Hyderabadi biryani. And now some people yes. are using that euphemism of the Kalyani biryani to adopt to our new political climate. Uh, Hyderabad also made headlines a few years ago, famous for students protesting when Maharashtra banned beef in 2015. You talk about food hopping in the old city. So uh, the to highlighting the syncretic culture really of Hyderabad. So uh, according to you, um, what do you th what do you think when you hear of these food bans uh, in different parts, popping up in different parts of the country? 
But to be real, I think food is emotional. And uh, when I've traveled, I've always tried to eat local. And what I've found is that there's tremendous diversity in what people eat across the country. Like language changes, yes, but food changes more often than that. And to me, it would be a pity if instead of shining a light and being candid on who we are and what we eat, if you further stigmatize food, try to suppress that. And even percentages, I feel, is a little bit wrong way to look at because food is very personal. Like, I am a Bengali who I'm at the bath right now, and no matter where you take care, where you put me, I'll still pay for that machet thal and the sante mutton curry. <laughs> so, that gives me the happiness, right? So, even if a very small minority is eating something, in a country as large and diverse as India, there should be space for that, don't you think? I mean, and if you're unable to find space for that, that, I think, opens up troubling implications for personal liberty mm. and also safeguarding the rights of people and their culture and their way of being. So I want to pick up on what you said. You said, interestingly, that food changes more than climate does in India. So you, uh, by that... Uh, uh, Anyone who's making a generalization, like a myth that India is a vegetarian, you would say that's absolutely bogus. It's absolutely bogus. I mean, you give me a state, I'll probably find out a, a non-veg dish that I love over that place. And that's also true for veg dish, right? So, for example, I think Gujarat often gets stereotyped as uh, it's a vegetarian state, but there is also a significant Muslim community. If you go into the bylines, you would find hidden away, obscurely, uh, tucked away joints that are selling you non-veg foods and there is also the boring cuisine that's fairly developed there but again these are food that you probably never find uh, in the open and that, that's the problem right and another to bring another angle to it also there's also the angle of caste and sure. even within a single religion right so sure. the food that we often eat in restaurants what you see on the streets is often what the well-off people did the food Got of it. the lower caste is often hidden, tucked away, and you have to really go into homes to see what people are eating and what they are kind of surviving on. All right. Well, all right. I'm glad you mentioned that. So while vegetarianism may not be everyone's cup of tea, there are that's not the only stereotype about Indian food, as you point out. So take a look at this. For example, Delhi, where only a third of residents are thought to be vegetarian, it may well, you know, it's got that reputation of being India's butter chicken capital. But on the other hand, you have the stereotype of Chennai being the hub of, you know, South Indian vegetarian meals. But surveys say that's completely misplaced. There are very few pure vegetarians there and of course many continue to say that butter chicken is the uh, Punjab is a butter chicken loving country but the truth is that uh, 75% of people in the state of Punjab are actually vegetarian so India cannot be boxed in into any one uh, you know this is what we like to eat and this is what we don't like to eat Ananda Sundarbasu um, you run, let's bring in Bengal. Bengal, again, I think is a, is a stereotype there that it's a very non-veg, uh, you know, uh, state. You run the blog Picharnama, that is an ode to Kolkata. It's beautiful, an ode to, uh, to Kolkata through your travel and food escapades. And of course, the badge of honor for you is that you're the winner of the Indian Blogger Awards, one of them. So uh, uh, let me ask you, Mr. Vasu, Bengalis may be known for their legendary sweet tooth or their march bath, is that what it's called, the fish and rice regime. Yet at the same time, one of your most iconic dishes from a Bengali kitchen is uh, a medley of vegetables, the, the, the shukto. So is Bengal also stereotyped? Are all states, I mean, this is, are there many stereotypes we need to break? Yes, um, it has been one of my endeavors for the last few years 
to change the perception about the stereotype about much bhat and machhi bhati of bengalis i have been umpteen number of times very vocal about the fact that like many other cuisine or sectoral cuisines which are being underplayed when we speak about indian cuisine one is the bengali vegetarian cuisine it is rich in the seasonal produces it is rich in the cooking techniques it is rich with flavors but yet when we are being uh, talked about in a national forum it seems that it's only mach bhat whereas in any bengali home on a normal meal on a normal lunch or dinner it is but inevitable you will find one vegetarian dish but it has not been enough discussed i think in doing all these things taking a cue from what pallav said or chef vicky said in all these things what uh, we are losing out in time and focus is instead of doing or uh, trying to divide on the eating habits mm. shouldn't we all focus the time has come to highlight to uh, excavate and bring up the lesser known regional cuisines mm. across india there are so many stereotypes which we are not dealing with mm. there is a northeast there is a uttarakhand cuisine these are not being enough spoken about we have a very very rich vast cuisine yes. india is extremely rich and we should be proud about it and rather talk and discuss about them rather than trying to divide or trying to uh, do a division among the uh, on basis of the eating habits well said because food is uh, what does and should bring people together sabesachi reshodri now joins us you have the blog uh, foodaholics uh, i want to ask you mr reshodri the food industry is a space that is surely having its moment in the sun we're reading you know so much about it seeing so many new restaurants pop up all the time people studies have shown indians are ordering out eating out uh, much more than we did in the past so i want to ask you what does that mean are indians more adventurous are we willing to try are we uh, wanting do the restaurants have to cater to the so called you know indians like vegetarian food what is your opinion on this in your experience of uh, you know all of these years of trying restaurants and regional cuisine all over india see basically what has happened is that with globalization people had been going out for the last 10 15 years a lot and as a result you know they've been exposed to cuisines abroad that is one thing Yeah. Second is what will I will call as the foodie revolution, where you know a lot of people. There are a lot of forums in every city, every town, of people who are loving food, who have interest around food, getting together and exploring new cuisines. Thirdly, there is this food delivery boom, like Swiggy and Zomato, which have <coughs> become even more, more and more popular during the COVID days, where people have got. you know intro- correct, some of them correct. actually got introduced to it during the covid days mm. and once you see that you know that you have the power sitting at home you can you know order all kinds of food there is a lot of exposure which has gone up and today i think like i can talk about uh, places like hyderabad uh, calcutta bombay uh, people ha- have been experimenting a lot with their food in terms of trying out different cuisines and things like that All right so there's a growing interest in non-vegetarianism would you say and vegetarians exposed to uh, and non-vegetarians exposed to vegetarianism too 
Yes, actually, see, we are like we are born into a religion. Similarly, we are born into a food style. Like, if I am a born in a Bengali family, I'll automatically become a non-vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Later in the course of life, I can change it. I can become a vegan. I can become a vegetarian. Sure. So all the choices are available to us. Uh, and we should be allowed to choose and pick, pick exactly. what you want. So, right. so the thing is, nobody should tell me, you know, what to eat. Yeah. It is very, very important that people respect my personal choice. I can see all because, of you uh, nodding uh, your heads uh, uh, to that statement. Thank you, Vicky Ratnani, uh, Ananda Sundar, Pallab De, Mr. Sabesachi Rechaudhi. Thank you all for joining us. I want to now bring in another panel. Uh, we have Dr. Deepa Sinha, an assistant professor of economics at the Ambedkar University in Delhi. Ram Punyani, an author, historian, and PKD Nambiar, a political analyst who supports the uh, BJP. Mr. Ram Punyani, uh, I want to go across to you because you wrote an article in the paper that talked about how... Uh, Historically, even, uh, Indians have always been consuming beef. And you say this goes back to the Vedas. Yes, very true. First of all, thank you very much for bringing this uh, diversity of Indian food culture, which is so rich. But it goes back to the Vedic times also. And even at, during the Vedic times, apart from D.N. Jha's uh, classical study, there are statements from Vivekananda and uh, others uh, even uh, Ramakrishna Mission has done a good deal of research on that. And even in Vedic times, apart from beef, fish, fowl and other things were also being eaten at that particular time. Now, it was, of course, a later on clash between Buddhism and other political cults that uh, beef started becoming banned and cow started becoming holy, which now again is coming back. So even today, what I see is that uh, though Indian food has a rich diversity, mm. uh, there is an attempt to show that vegetarianism is the Indian culture, mm. which is totally wrong. And according to that, many steps are being taken. And this is another way of being very narrow, sectarian. Mm. There is also a sort of a uh, things which are being spread that uh, some people are more violent because they eat non-veg food which is absolutely totally wrong according to biological and uh, uh, other things. Mm. There is a way of saying that uh, vegetarianism is so good and so pure. But uh, we have seen the vegetarians who can be very aggressive, very narrow (laughs) and very intolerant of others. So, I mean, Hitler is a classical example of that. Apart from many of the people who talk of vegetarianism and undertake to attack those who don't uh, uh, follow their path. So I was talking of the recent thing which has happened in Gujarat. Earlier also uh, in that article I had mentioned about uh, some Dalits being killed in Haryana because they were skinning the dead cow. Mm. And one of the VHP people said that uh, a cow is more valuable than the human being and uh, five of the Dalits were lynched. So this is what uh, I think is being propagated. And I think this is a part of a political project where they want to marginalize undermine uh, this non-vegetarian food habits and but, uh, trying to associate And there's a fallout the of this that uh, the youth would certainly have to pay. Is that right, Deepa Sinha? There have been many uh, state governments that have chosen to remove eggs, for example, from the midday meal scheme. What is the fallout of that on uh, young Indians? Okay, so many governments, uh, uh, Madhya Pradesh, uh, Chhattisgarh, where they proposed to introduce eggs have had to withdraw because certain groups opposed saying that this goes against their food choices. 
And like we've been listening over the last few minutes, food is so much about uh, culture. It's about what people choose. And it's not at all true that most people in India are vegetarian. And why eggs are so important in school meals is given our rates of undernutrition and anemia and the lack of dietary diversity in children's food. Egg is a wholesome food. It's also, it has all the, uh, it, it is protein rich and has all the micronutrients that a child requires except vitamin C. It's also logistically easy to give in schools compared to, let's say, milk, uh, which would need a cold storage and so on. Oh. Whereas eggs are available everywhere. You just have to boil it and give it. It's easy. Children love it. In in states where eggs are given in midday meals, you see that children remember the day of the week that egg is given and they will not miss school on that day. And it fits our budgets. So there are so many advantages that it is really unfortunate that it would be uh, not denied to children because a small minority has a Criminal problem with it. that is denied. Yeah. I just want to add that nobody is advocating that it should be forced on children who don't want to eat it sure. or whose parents don't want them to eat it. It is still a choice. But in the same manner that those who are willing to eat should not be denied it because some don't want it. No, I say criminal also because uh, uh, studies have shown that India has actually fallen on, you know, the global index when it comes to anemia. It's fallen on the global in- hunger index 2021. Just uh, last week, a few weeks ago, we slipped to the 101st rank. We're now behind Pakistan and Nepal. In 2020, we were ranked at 94. And now we've fallen to so many places. PKD Nambiar, the government in BJP states, the BJP is imposing a harmful dietary restrictions. These are harmful to the youth uh, of India going forward and refusing to accept, sir, that more and more Indians want to and do consume meat, fish and eggs for their nutritional benefits. These are studies that have been shown by government. Government studies have shown this. Sarah, I am a non-vegetarian. I hail from a state where uh, Kerala, where fish is considered as like more of like a vegetarian. So first and foremost, food is a very personal uh, choice of an individual and I don't think uh, whether a government or anybody have any right to get into that. Having said that, it is very important that you have taken up a topic which is so crucial in today's day. There is a food communalism which is happening not only in Ahmedabad or in one or two places but across the country. In fact, in the just two days before I was attending another uh, on another channel on an issue on Shabrimala wherein even the diet is prasadam is even used the jagri which is called as halal. The jagri. So the pro- problem is that in many places there is a certain kind of food is being forced for even rest of the other religions who do not believe in such kind of stuff to eat that. There is a halal. Some people say it's like a halal jihad and etc. I don't understand that. But then one thing is very clear. It is not about that whether you will be able to eat what kind of food you wanted to eat, whether it is a non-vegetarian or a vegetarian. More than that, in within the non-vegetarian food, what kind of food you have been served or you are forced to buy or you have been forced to eat in a place because there is nothing is available. So I think the liberty when it comes to the food is not about vegetarian and non-vegetarian, but what kind of a non-vegetarian food Sara and Nambiar wanted to eat is equally important. For an example, we are seeing this in BJP rule states. When we have a significant section of Indians suffering from hunger, when we are in a global pandemic where you need to keep up your immunity, do you think it is right uh, uh, for governments to discourage non-vegetarian food? 
I think that is uh, the, the learned speaker in the beginning was talking about our Vedas and our culture of food. I partly agree with him, but partly purely, absolutely not at all right and fact. I have been studying about this subject quite often and during the lecture tube crisis, uh, the discussions were all about that. What was the need for serving food? Food is a food habit. Food is also about a belief system. If you really recall in the before the, this particular panel, you had in another show. Food is a culture and also a belief system. If in a common kitchen, if some people don't even like to have a garlic, you go to a deli in any of the restaurants or a good hotel, they will say that the Jain community would not even like to be served with a garlic food. For an example, my wife would not like to have a garlic food, but I am a hardcore non-vegetarian. I think it is not nothing to do with BJP or a Congress. The problem today is the food communalism is taking place and that is called as and who is And who is encouraging that? Okay, I want to go across uh, uh, Rampunya to you. I just want to understand for our viewers, when you hear, uh, you know, especially in the West, these conceptions that India is majorly uh, vegetarianism, does Hinduism actually insist on vegetarianism as a universal norm for followers or is it just... And upper caste, uh, uh, is it only for upper caste Hindus, primarily for Brahmins, for whom, you know, beef eating is customarily forbidden? Uh, you are very much on the dot. Actually, it is me more of a upper caste construct. But even I must tell you, there are many Brahmins and most of the Brahmins, I don't know about most of them, but many of the Brahmins in Bihar and UP, they are very fond of meat and other products like that. So, but uh, this construct, is a political you construct. Disagreeing with my panelists, I will you, say you that it is definitely being promoted for political purposes. It is being definitely being promoted for political goals to identify a minority community with non-vegetarianism. It is not true, but they have been successful in creating this impression amongst many people, though it is not true. Like many other things which are which have been constructed about religious minorities. This is also a part of that. And uh, that's why though Congress governments may, trying, may, may be trying to follow it, but primarily it is a BJP ruled state and All things right. initiated by them which come Quick to that. Quick 30-second response, uh, Mr. Nambiyar. I, I object to the, the views of the other panelists that the Brahmins in UP and West uh, in Bihar do eat uh, beef is absolutely not, not at all. I didn't say beef. Would you agree I said to meat. the small minority meat. of upper caste Hindus who uh, oppose eating I beef think, by the majority? I, I, think, I think I think let's Dalits, not bring minority religious groups. And the Brahmins are eating not meat. meat. I said meat, not beef. Sir, I, I only can say you this one thing that let's not divide the, the communities from the religion to further to the communities <laughs> and caste based. I think we can all on agree food. on that. For, for once, for, Mr. Nambiar. I think all of us can agree on India, that. Let's not divide uh, India yeah. on the basis of what one would like to eat. And ironically, I just want to end on one note. It's the, the irony is that India is one of the world's, I think the, we're the second largest exporter of beef yet. Ordering a plate of this meat is not as simple as you would like to think back home. And not just beef, even non-veg is now increasingly becoming stigmatized. Something for all of us to think about. Thank you all for joining us. On Thank you very much.